you know, I think really the reason we're seeing this uptick is is pretty much with these new subvariants of the Omicron um, strain. And they're able to evade the immune system um, a little bit more than the past variants. Uh, so even though people that have been vaccinated, um, you know, even though people have been vaccinated, it seems like they're still acquiring COVID. Now, the good news with all that is that we're still seeing a very um, small number of severe cases, meaning that the vaccine is at least preventing people from from getting severe disease and ending up in the hospital. Although we are seeing a slight increase in the number of hospitalized patients as well, um, although not nearly like it was back in January. Don, let me ask you this. We're all tired of this battle. We've had a tough time. Uh, I went and got my extra booster shot just yesterday, and I was talking to the folks there and saying how they don't see a whole lot of people coming in to get this next stage of the booster shot. Where are we in that battle? And maybe you can emphasize the need for that next shot. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the the data shows that it's you know the booster is really helpful in in the elderly and immunocompromised. And the, the good thing about the booster is that um, with the with the booster, you actually see an increased immunity with with Omicron. Uh, now, another interesting thing that's come out uh, recently is that. Uh, just because you've been infected with Omicron doesn't mean that you're protected from other uh, variants of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, I think, recently came out of the journal Nature, which is a very well-respected uh, science journal. And so I think that means that for those out there that think they've been protected because they, they've had Omicron uh, and haven't been vaccinated yet or haven't gotten their boosters, it's important for those people to go out and get vaccinated or boosted. Don, with that being said, and you mentioned the vaccine there, is our vaccine potency still holding on now that we're four or five variants into COVID-19? What we're seeing is that um, with those added booster doses, um, that even though you know we've been worried about the waning immunity with Omicron, that we do see, see protection against Omicron with the increased number of, of antibodies. And while we do start to see those antibodies dwindle after a while, remember your your body makes some memory cells that when it's exposed to the virus, it starts to kick up antibody levels. Uh, I, we've not gotten to the point yet of going to variant-specific vaccines. Um, you know, that's always been the thought is that as we see new variants, that, that we can start to produce uh, new strain-specific vaccine I know they've not gotten to that point yet, thinking it's not yet necessary. And with us is Dr. Donald Dumford, Doctor of Infectious Disease at Cleveland Clinic, Akron General. Don, globally, there are some countries that haven't been able to get the vaccine and certainly getting it into the arms of those folks. Is that a concern as this virus has been allowed to stay alive now for two and a half years, that it can grow in strength? And again, I'm just asking that because I don't know. Can it grow in strength and morph into something almost completely different? Yeah, well, the concern always is is that the more virus that's out there, the greater chance it has of, of mutating. And while, you know, history tells us that for the most part, when we see, uh, you know, um, novel viruses, that eventually as things settle out, we start to see less severe um, variants of the virus. Um, you know, we really never know. And, and the more viruses out there, you know, the greater the chances that we get a mutation that 
uh, is you know could be could be more deadly than than previous strains or more infectious than previous strains. So I think it really is important to try to get you know those places that haven't gotten vaccine try to get vaccine out to those countries uh, to at least limit the amount of of virus that's spreading. Don, you and I have talked about long haulers during our talks uh, pertaining to COVID-19. Have you learned any more pertaining to long haulers and some of the effects and some of the symptoms that have been the fallout of COVID? Well, some, you know, some interesting things coming out the past week, and I think the last time we talked about what the risk factors are uh, for long COVID, which we know that patients that have had uh, more severe diseases, their initial presentation uh, advanced age, so, you know, the older you are, the more likely you are to get long COVID. Um, female gender seems to be a risk factor for long COVID. Uh, and then also, uh, obesity seems to be a risk factor for long COVID. Now, with all that being said, it still seems, you know, even though we said that the, you know, severity of illness is a risk factor, uh, probably about 75% of the people that have long COVID right now have, have not been hospitalized. Uh, so I think that that you know that tells us that it's still important to limit you know uh, your exposure to the virus. Uh, if you've not been vaccinated, to get vaccinated to to limit the severity of illness, to cut down on that long COVID. And I think um, with the long COVID, we're still you know the the general principle seems to be holding where it seems like you know people most people have symptoms for about six months. Uh, the the big concerns are that people have ongoing uh, shortness of breath and respiratory symptoms for a few months. And a lot of people complain of just this generalized fatigue and malaise and, like, brain fog. Uh, and I think it's, uh, you know, I think we're now seeing as we, as we move forward just the extent of uh, impact that's having on people's lives with the, those long COVID symptoms. I want to wrap up my conversation here with Dr. Dumford. Again, Doctor of Infectious Disease, Cleveland Clinic, Akron General. I mentioned Doctor of Infectious Disease, and, and so many people in different avenues have really tried and been successfully, unfortunately, in trying to make this a, this a political story when really it's, it's a medical story. It's certainly when we look at COVID-19 still with us here over two years later. Don, with that being said, as we head into the summer months, and certainly there's going to be parties and gatherings and such, talk about your concern level and maybe what your recommendations would be with you knowing and being plugged into the current state of COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, as we said, you know, we're starting to see those numbers tick up. Um, look at the past few weeks. You know, we were, we were sitting pretty good in the state of Ohio, you know, really around like three to 400 cases per day, um, you know, in, in probably like early April. Uh, that's increased uh, pretty steadily the past few weeks. So we're now seeing about 2,000 uh, cases per day. Uh, and I, a lot of us kind of think that that might just be the, the tip of the iceberg because we think a lot of cases right now with home testing may not be reported. Increasing the virus out there, you know, I think it's, and we're seeing like in kind of the county, uh, they're, they've gone to that high transmission. I think it's time to start, you know, if, uh, if you're going to be out in public and able to and indoors, it's probably time to start thinking about masking again.